Ain't That Swell presents Chords. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to part two of our Call Lords series with the great Southside Battler King, Kobe Aberdeen. For this instalment, we're joined by one of his old mates, Mickey Avalon, aka Yeshi. And uh, this chat, it, it takes place on the back of a pretty skit breathwork session that all three of us did together. Uh, upon you know Kobe's instructions, he was uh, adamant that we all rip in together, and so we did. And it was fucking skits. It was uh, actually a different protocol to the one I'm used to. It was uh, a protocol dreamed up by the great Marcel Hoff, Wim Hof's brother. Would you believe? And uh, mate, this one—it's a ripper of a breathwork protocol. Had me fucking numb from the elbows down and the pineal throbbing, like I just packed a pipeline of mortal coniquence. Sick way to rip in to a mental chat with two very interesting characters. Yeshi, a lovely man, a very intelligent man. He's lived some fucking life, I'll tell ya. And uh, there is a couple of absolutely ripper yarns in this one. Stay tuned. Mad. I'm here with uh, Kobe and Yeshi, aka Mickey Avalon. And mate, we just fucking sucked in a lot of O2. How you feeling? I feel good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's like you do that stuff and no matter what you got going on in your life, it kind of it battles all the demons, that, that breath work. doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through, if, if you're waking up on you know, the wrong side of the bed or you've got massive anxiety or depression or even to just control the crazy that's in you, all of us, it's, it, it works, mate. It calms you down. 100% after, like, after a breathwork session, you're like <coughs> a better man. Have you had much uh, experience with this kind of stuff, Yeshi? Nope. I mean, I know I don't need to be like convinced that it's good or anything. Like, I, I, I know it's something special. My, my fiancé does stuff like it. But uh, for me, it's like when it's time, when the right day is the right time to do something, it happens, and today was that day. Right, well, why do you think this was the right time? It's just because we're all here together. Like, Kobe's been saying, yeah, you want to do... Like, first my chick's saying, oh, we want to do this breathwork. I'm like, nah, I'm, co- I'm cool. And then Kobe's like, do you want to do this breathwork with me? I said, yeah, I'd like to do that. Because uh, I know it will help me with other things in, in my life. And then we'll kind of miss each other's schedule. And then today, he's like, you want to do it? Yep, come and grab me. And then today's the day. Man, I mean, you've lived a... A wild rock and roll lifestyle. You've experienced many altered states. Like, how would you rate? Uh, <laughs> how would you rate the altered state that you just felt? This one? No, I was even telling. But first, when we were starting, like you know, when you sometimes go into altered state, sometimes at the beginning you're like, oh, I don't know if I. <laughs> but like, at the beginning, I'm like, I I knew that was gonna happen. Like, I'm like, I don't I don't think this is like getting a little intense. I don't know if I want to do this right now and then uh, and then once it broke through there and I was good I mean it, it could have gone a lot gnarlier but I, I mean I was like shaking after and then I was seeing like colors and stuff but <laughs> some people like like that I don't dislike it but it's not something I'm really going for it's just more like all the other parts it, it, when we were done I felt like it's a good way to kick off the day I felt like definitely energized and uh, I felt like it is a nice thing to add to my my life. Mm. 
And like, uh, I mean, fuck, dude. We all know like a lot of people who could benefit from this, but it's just you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You know, it, it's hard. Like I, I just look at so many people in my life who are fucking addicted to drugs, um, addicted to conflict, addicted to mm. drama, like, misery, misery, uh, and it, it's all like it's just trick, a trick of the ego. Eh? It keeps you like in that weird loop where. Uh, you know, it, it, it somehow always stops you from wanting to do the work. And then on top of that, you got fucking an entire system, like an entire economic pyramid scheme that's also telling you not to do the work. Don't do the work, buy a car. Yeah, don't yeah. do the work, fucking take a pill. Buy some fast food. Yeah, yeah. Don't do the work, get buy your tits done. Get some pills. <laughs> yeah, get your tits done. <laughs> and also with that, like, when I was like, you know, when I really needed help within my life, like these doctors that, you, that you're supposed to see and talk to, you don't really like them sometimes. You mm. don't like, from the moment you see someone, you just, it's just a human thing. You just don't like something about them. So then they're trying to talk to you and you're just looking at them thinking, what the fuck have you been through that could add anything up to my life? Mm -hmm. Whether you know what their life is not, they don't tell you about them, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like they could have an early life. They could, be, they, they could have gone to war. But like, no, but, I know exactly, if you you're judging them. Yeah, if you don't like their face, well, <laughs> and this is the thing, where this sort of work, to me is almost a training session. I take it as a training session to start off. I go, I'm gonna have a train this morning. I'm gonna pump all this oxygen through me. And then I'll stop, bang out 300 push-ups and do a yoga session at the end of it by myself. And it really is an ultimate training session. I like to do the breath work and do yoga at the same time. Mm. Yeah, you're saying that. That's a mental combo. I haven't, I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, and it's not so much, um, I'm not saying you turn the computer on and start doing all that stuff, but I'm saying you use the technique of the breath, of what you've already learned while you're doing your own yoga just in front of the TV or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And you gradually start to feel the air start circulating. You can circulate it through your body. And... Uh, and I can't get that sort of um, release when I'm staring at someone's face that I don't really know and I'm paying cash to get help with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a G up, man. Like, a lot of doctors... Like, one of the things that came out of um, the... What is it? The family that built an empire of pain. It's a story in the New Yorker, a big investigative story into Purdue Pharma, the people who make OxyContin mm -hmm. in America. These cunts made $30 billion off yeah. the sale of OxyContin. And what it turns out happened was doctors who were, you know, they're often middle class, upper middle class. Um, they turn out to just be common drug dealers for yeah. Purdue Pharma. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they, they even, Purdue Pharma even had a name for doctors. They called them, the guys who were really over-prescribing were like slinging heaps of pills. They'd call yeah. them whales, which yeah. is what they, they called. They made a show about it, Dope Sick. Dope Sick, it's right. I've heard, heard about Dope wrong. Sick, man. Apparently it's amazing, right? Yeah, they would... I mean, and I was on some of those pills at that time, and I would see like the hot chicks come into the come in to see the doctor because they they push all the other stuff aside and go, no, you got to give the people this now. So then, hot see, chicks were coming in to give the doctors the oxies. Well, that's push. how. It, well, they show <laughs> basically in that world, 
It's like anything else. No, no, they literally come and they go like, here's the, here's the new things we got. And then the people who sold the most, Purdue or whatever it's called. Yeah. Pfizer, I don't know. They, uh, they win trips. They win. That's they, right. And, uh, they have these big fuck off. Um, and all the chicks are hot. Uh, they come in and they just go like, okay, so you've been prescribing uh, Tylenol for headaches. We're not doing Tylenol anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's this thing, Oxycontin. And even if the doctor's like, well, no, I heard that's No, no, that's not addictive. We, we've done all our studying. And the people who do the studying is the company itself. Yeah. And then, because the, a lot of times the doctors will start off like with some integrity and they go, no, no, no. For headaches, you're supposed to do Tylenol. They go, no, no. That's the old stuff. Uh-huh. Now, Oxycontin, 80 milligrams. Uh-huh. And as many as you can take in a day. Well, what if the headaches go away? No, you still give them the stuff. So, and, then, and it's like they get, they get bonuses. They'll, they'll buy the doctor's things. Like to get him up, like if he's still on the fence, that, you know. In the, in the meantime, eh, they've made like 10 million new, new addicts, and the ones who do survive, they end up dying of cancer. You know what I mean? No, like, like they just, just made dopefiends. 100%. Uh, I saw another. I saw another documentary. I haven't seen it. They were saying, uh, no, no, these uh, these pills. They're really those pills are good for one thing. If you're about to die and you're in hospice, and if you're if you've already been addicted to stuff because you're on you have cancer, I would like to die not on anything like that. I would like to just go go the oldest Huxley route to uh, take a big uh, dose of LSD. Uh, or like that, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but know about the if, if yeah. you're in excruciating pain. You got cancer, whatever it is. Like you're then that that's you're you're supposed to die on those pills. Yeah, like you're not supposed to yeah. live on them, o- and you can't opium. get off of them. It's been used for that for thousands of years by the Chinese. It has a place, yeah. or, or like serious fucking injury as a pain reliever. You know, maybe yeah. you've been shot in the gut in war, yeah, yeah. or you've broken your leg and you yeah. get on the green whistle, whatever. But to be prescribing it for fucking like a sore depression back or a, or a yeah, depression ankle. or a headache or like yeah. tension headaches from being at your computer, yeah. or like fucking <laughs> get a new get a different job. Maybe you're depressed because you hate your fucking job, and you should go get a different one. Man, you know? talk to us about, you know, being from America and, like, just the culture. The culture there seems so fucking toxic to me. It's, like, it's, it's the whole system's built on, like, fast food, um, working long hours for shit pay, doing some shit job you don't want to do. And now everyone just wants to be famous. I mean, the first time I went to Australia, I loved it so much because, and it was my favorite place. We've got to go back to that after this question's answered. Uh, yeah. Because of the of every like everyone's fit there, everyone eats good food, everyone gets good wages. Uh, the workers' paradise, man, and we fight for that. We we keep the wages for the workers. You know, right? it's a, uh, a good thing. And it wasn't until COVID that Australia, the government in Australia, took a big shit. But that's another fucking conversation. But in America, every every kid wants to be famous for doing nothing. Uh, fame is. Is like the worst. Like fame is the worst thing anybody. That's like a curse. Like why would why would you want to not be able to go to the supermarket with that? Like I don't have that level of fame, so thank God. And I never like I never wanted anything like that. But so like you'll meet a kid, and then he's like, I want to be a rock star. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, uh, what instrument do you play? I don't play an instrument. Oh, you sing? No, I don't sing either. Okay. Or like, so then how how are you gonna, how are you gonna do? Uh, or like. I want to be a movie star. Oh, that's cool. Are you like in the drama club? Like, do you do? Are you do plays at school? Like, no, I don't do any of that. I just want to be like some YouTuber kid or something. An obsession with celebrity, man. Without without doing like having an actual craft. 
Yeah, without trying to do without, it. Like, like people think about the best actors or the best musicians. Like, they started that thing as a little kid because they loved to do it, and they would do it whether they got paid to do it or not. And I think that's the like. I think that's the difference. No one has any like real joy or like real passion or. There's no joy in celebrity. There's no. There's no contentment. There's no like. Uh, it, celebrity is a hologram of material success. Yeah, all these and, influencers and no, are killing themselves now. Literally, because like, no, like they have this little window where they they've convinced themselves that they're like better than everybody else. And then everyone disappears, and then they hang themselves. And you know what happened first? Because Instagram was like an app, and the normal, smart, good person wasn't on it. These dorks become famous because they were pumping all the content, yeah? So they got all the likes, they got yeah. all... And then they become cool. Mm. You know what I mean? But we're, really, they had no backing for anything they were, but the person they chose to be as their character. Exactly, it's a persona, so it's a hologram. So of... now what's happening is they're starting to believe these characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're starting to believe these characters. So essentially, we're ending up with a fake world. Yeah. And it's just like multiplying stupidness, you know? Like, not to be rude, but never <laughs> no. underestimate no. the stupidity of an American. <laughs> but the sad thing is, like, Australia's tracking, we're, we're like a banana republic. Oh, we're just copying everything. We're just Fuck, slow. Dude. And, and, and back home, like, I am fucking, mate, adamant that we, like, like many people before me, that we, we reject American influence in our culture yeah. as much as is possible. And I mean that with all due respect. Like, American people are some of my favorite people on earth. It, but, the American administrations, successive administrations, they've killed more people than the Nazis by now, I reckon, like, all yeah. over the world. Yeah. They've been in a constant state of war since the Second World War. They skull fuck their people yeah. like no other race in human history from every conceivable angle. Yeah. Fucking dirty water in Michigan, fucking like uh, Oxycontin, fucking fast food. But like, like you said before, so about I'll working see. hard for nothing. And then at the end of your career, you get a fucking watch that is going to go to the pawn store. Like, I heard, you know, uh, Graham Hancock? Yeah, I love Graham Hancock. So he was talking about America is pro-drug, but only pro-speed, you know, coffee, speed. uh, Productivity drugs. Productivity drugs. And then you're allowed to drink some alcohol on the weekend. But not mind-opening no. stuff or like you know num- so like yeah what can make you work the hardest oh you need speed for that take that and then and then you can do the most boring drug which is alcohol mm. uh, and the one that makes you crash your car and beat up your girlfriend yeah uh, you're allowed to do that on the weekend and then go back to work on monday and it's just making like there's there's like we we're saying no joy yeah, in that no no passion and why would you be passionate about a and, job like and, and let's be real like all these things are substances man like you know in our culture, in this Western capitalist consumer model, like we're always reaching for a bottle or a pill or a potion. It's like what we just learned through the breathing is that it's all inside of you, man. Yeah. Like you don't need a fucking thing. Yeah. You can breathe and exercise and meditate and you'll be the happiest man on earth living in a fucking jungle hut. Yeah, like, it's on your, it, like the pills, even the pills just kick off something that's already in your brain. They're totally. not bringing like a new thing. That's right. It's just... So, they yeah. hit the cannabinoid and opioid receptors, but you can hit that shit just through breathing, man. Yeah. And you, yeah. Hey, so I go over to uh, my mate Matty Elks's over at, uh, nor- in the north of Bali, Bonlam, yeah. Scum Valley's finest, yeah. one of the all time icons from the hometown. Yeah, and he's become a, a good friend of mine over the years in Bali, and uh, he's 
He's got a beautiful place up there, by the way, on the ocean in Bonlam. If anyone go check it out, the family, big waterfalls. But that whole place has become eco-friendly. Mm. And the streets are start, they're starting to line the streets with with fruit trees and stuff. But uh, that's it. I'm going up. So I, I go up there a lot and I go to the waterfalls. I'm me and my wife and my kid get on the bike and we go up into the mountains. And you'll go up into the deepest, most beautiful spiritual mountains and you go into a little home and there's four kids that on the way to the mountain, they're watching their TikTok. Yeah. Mm. And it's got this flashing, beeping, like mm, yeah. sounds. You'll come back eight hours and the same four kids, Fuck. as well as the four kids in the next house and the next 10 kids yeah. in the next house are all on these And phones. you can't blame the kids. It's the, like, that's a crack. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That thing is, like, we might need it for business or whatever and, and our brains are hopefully big enough and but strong enough. But it's infected the whole but, world. No, it's infected. And, and parents, to give them, like, defense, is, like, most parents are exhausted. They work, they work, job, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're but, overworked, man. But it's a joke. you would never see a, kid, a parent hand, like, hand a crack pipe to the, ki- to the kid and say, this is his babysitter. Mm. But they do it with the iPad or the phone, and it, it needs to be treated like that. I don't think, mean, the government should make it illegal or anything, but, like... That phone and that iPad needs to be looked for children. Yeah. Needs to be looked at as something that is not. It's like a knife or a hundred percent. It's like it, cigarettes. Like like if you saw a kid smoking cigarette yeah. with his parents, you'd be like, you can't. That's not cool. Unless you're in Indonesia, in which case you'd be like, smoke more, man. You can get a whole fucking mouthful. You in buy there. him a beer. No, but until people look at it as like that, you gotta smoke that cigarette and have a beer with yeah, that. Yeah. No, until that. That's abuse. That's child abuse. You know what I mean? From a biochemistry perspective, you can't bio. beat it. You can't. That phone always went just like the poke, like the yeah, exactly. The, it's shooting dopamine into exactly. your brain. That's what you it can't beat it. That's so what the it kid does. definitely can't beat it. And if the parent takes it and the kid screams for the thirty seconds, you gotta mm-hmm. let the kid. Well, you should never have it to begin with. But if you've like got him addicted to it, you gotta fucking get him cold turkey off. And as it. parents, man, like, I guess it's up to us adults to set the tone there like yeah. how can we expect our kid not to want something to wear on all day it's you know just easy I mean? they know like they want they just got home from work they want to enjoy their glass of wine the kids being a kid not even the kids being a brat the kids just being a kid and then instead of being like using their own energy to like play with the kid or do something give them a book go tell them to run around the block go skate do whatever they just hand them they just it's the uh, easy thing here here's a bag of, here's a bag of candy Here's a thing, and it's like, that needs to be taken for what it, you know, and you need to just, if you, if you're, you need to tell, like, you need to be friendly to those people and say, if those are your friends, you need to tell them, don't do that. Ah, uh, yeah, so you know? what, what year was your first year in Australia and what were you there for? My first year, I believe, I think Taj might have won, or was it, um, maybe... I went there for a concert. Uh, Chuck After what movie was mine? Because everyone was into the, into the music after the movies. Was it? I don't think... It, the first time... It could have been after Andy's movie. Uh, what was the name of that one? I don't know. There could have been... There was a couple that of could, ones. Cause, what was the first Andy movies to come out? Bill oh, that would have been Bill, Bill Parts. Fuck. Um, I'm trying to think, man. Like... Big parts in those campaign ones, like the uh, Taylor Steele ones, trilogy maybe. Trilogy. Yeah. But any, I've got some good stories about meeting him. One of the uh, first times yeah. we met, 
Where were we? <laughs> and that tile building in Uncooley. Yeah, well, that was that one, but yeah. the tile one I had to kick down the hotel room. Yeah. Where were we then? <laughs> I think that it wasn't So we're standing yeah. on the stage and I'm waiting for him to come. And I kind of met, oh, we're up at Cooley, that's right. Yeah. And we're driving to Byron or somewhere. We had yeah. to stay a night in Byron. Yeah. So Logan. And I was on drugs then. Yeah, so, from, like, so Logan from Snap 4. Yeah. You know, the um, yeah. owner, director. And that's who took me there. Wait, yeah. That's before. Oh, true, yeah, yeah. He yeah. figured out that no one was taking shows to the to the tour. To oh, the, shit. So he got that. That's so classy. then he brought me out for those. And then now it's a now Little Wayne goes and plays and it's a multi-billion dollar thing. Yeah. But, so yeah. Sure. So anyway, I... Um, it's a funny story. We go from... I think we're, we're in Gold Coast and we all team up. We go for a party. We're like, let's go party with Mitty. Yeshi, you know? So we go down the coast and anyway, <clears throat> we're all waiting on the stage and like hanging out and like they're like, where's, Mi- where's Mickey? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I'm like, he's, uh, Logan's like, he's upstairs in the room still. I'm like, go and get him. He's like, he won't answer the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, I remember I turned the corner and the people are just white as a ghost. There is just this waterfall coming down the stairs, right? <laughs> of all the hotel, there's alarms going off. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And so, I guess he was taking drugs at that time, you know, I didn't know what he was doing, I didn't ask, but anyway. You're on the Murray Cod, Yeshi. What? You're on the Murray Cod, mate. Yeah, and then anyway, and so then, I, on, I, the, I, on the nod. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but. <laughs> so, we, we, and we all have a lot of friends that have yeah, died, so yeah. here, that. So we've had story. a lot of, like, we've kind of like known the same people, just, you know, like not the same people, but we've all, same, we've, we've same. grown up the same way. So yeah. I'm like, I get to his room and there's just like, you know, when the water's coming so high to the thing, it's like making a wave down the fucking, <laughs> down the, down the, uh, stair, like out down the corridor under every room. <laughs> it's like room on each side of the hotel. It's going under every doorway. And I'm just like, bro, this guy's fucked this whole joint. Wow. But then I'm like, he's dead. I've seen yeah. this before. He's fallen asleep in the bath. Wow. Fuck. So I fucking kick his door in, go run in, rip open the bathroom, and there he is, <laughs> smashing his cheek. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know there was any water going on. Like, so I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, what you weirdo? What <laughs> <laughs> kind of pervert are you? I'm like, you're two hours late, and there's a fucking waterfall down the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> but we went out wow. and had the best night. And then the next year, another good story. Remember when I had my mate Jay, the paraplegic kid, on the bus? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm in Canada. And he's trying one to year. save my life. So that was like, yeah, no one else would even think that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we need to get it, you know, it's like. To anybody else, that would just look like a nuisance. To, to someone who knows that that's like a house on fire, you gotta yeah, go break the fire. You, you gotta go put the fire out. So. But so the next year we team up. Logan's like, we've got a bus this year. And I'm like, oh, sick, what's the plan? And then he's like, oh, we're going to go up the whole coast, up and down the whole coast of Australia, uh, like surfing, hanging out, partying every night, and just enjoying the coastline. Like, yeah, she loves Australia. Let's just go do it. I'm like, all right, awesome. We're going to like all sorts of areas. And then anyway, what happens in the meantime of me waiting for them? I didn't know this at the stage where this was going to happen, but I was in Canada promoting the Bra Boys film. Somewhere along a night of a premiere, a bloke in a wheelchair is coming up, come up to me and goes, I love you, I reckon you're the best, I watch your movie, I just think we get on so well. 
Next thing I say is come stay, just come stay yeah. in Australia with me then. <laughs> wow. Oh, that kid was That's from amazing. Canada? That kid was oh, from Canada. <laughs> so, I said to him also that night, fucking seems everyone else knew but me, is just don't call me, wait till you get there and I'll come and pick you up. Mm. He took it very literal. Mm. So I'm getting ready uh, to go to Yeshi's and then I just, something happened, I end up not going. But anyway, about a week later, Yeshi just got to Australia. This guy, I seen this phone call eight times, ringing, 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 ringing. Then I get a text message, please, it's Jay. And I'm like, who the fuck is Jay? <laughs> I answer the phone, hello. And he's like, hey. I'm like, hey. I'm like, who is this? It's like Jay. I'm like, Jay? <laughs> who the fuck's Jay? He's like, I spoke to you, like, because then he called me at like a, about two months later, but I was also just going hard, so yeah. I forgot that call too. Yeah. He's like, I'm at the airport. And <laughs> 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 wow. at, at this stage, I live six stories up at a six story top of the, like, a, you know, my, my unit at South Maribra is yeah. six stories up. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, go to me mate Ahu at the time. I go, uh, bruh. Some blokes just ring me, he's at the airport, I've got to go pick him up, I said he can stay, I'm going to go get him, I'll come back. I get to the airport, I walk in the thing, and there's this bloke sitting in a wheelchair by himself, bro. Oh, yeah. So then, anyway, I get him home, get him to the units, and I'm like, well, you know, I said it, and he's here, and he's in a wheelchair, you know, let's just have a good time then. Yeah. So anyway, cut a long story short, I get him up the stairs, I have to fucking carry this car with my shoulder up the stairs and come back and he was all worried about his wheelchair. So I remember I had to hold his wheelchair and put him over his shoulder. Because <laughs> <laughs> his wheelchair was so expensive. I'm mean, just uh, like, this is too much. He thought someone was going to nick his wheelchair. Yeah, because they're like $3,000, dollars $5,000 wheelchairs, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the, they're, they're, yeah. they're their lives. He's like, you leave me and take the wheelchair. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going to leave you by the doorway. <laughs> like, Man, so he's, he's fucking, he's Intuition was spiking because you know ten yeah. minutes later there's some kind of Lexus. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. If one of my some mates, were, if my <laughs> mates, if one of my one of my mates would have come past that house and seen some grouse wheelchair there, they'd be up the street the other day, for yeah. sure. So anyway, I've got him up the stairs. We start waiting for. Uh, he's got some doctors lined up. There was one doctor. Oh, he's like a gold mine because he's in the wheelchair. Was he's waiting on a doctor, yeah? And the doctor doesn't turn up, yeah? All of a sudden, he's fully paraplegic. He shits his pants, bro. I'm just oh, fucking got this kind of in the bath, washing him, taking care of him. He ends up staying with me for, for five days, and I'm just like, fuck, we're going to the beach. The boys are taking him surfing. Wow. Yeah, I'm strapped. I'm tape. I'm legging him to boards and shit. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, bro. We had it like, it was, it was really, all my friends, like, Johnny Gannon, I remember uh, Kano, there's some really beautiful photos of us all at the beach, you know. I made a commitment that I didn't know about, <laughs> but I stuck to it. But then anyway, it's getting real heavy and I'm, all of a sudden I get a phone call off these boys. What are you doing? They're like, fuck, we've got the bus. I'm like, what sort of bus is it? <laughs> I said, there's no chance it fits a chair, does it? They're like, yeah. I'm like, meet me here. I quickly got to Queensland, caught up to him. And bro, we went up and down the coast of Australia with this kid in this wheelchair and had the time of our lives for three weeks. And wow. Yeah, and this bloke. So I go to him uh, about two years later. I go to him, fuck, that was the sickest month. He goes, bro, I stayed 12 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long he was with us. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was about two years ago. Wow. He sent me all these photos of that. We're up on stage with Yeshi just partying and he was just loving it. Smashing beers. Unbelievable. Yeah, we had such a nice trip, Jay. Man, that's like... Mate, for one, like, the karma you get... That was the one where uh, Andy got beat up. Remember, yeah, he got punched no, that... in the nose or something happened that night? Well, on the stage. Uh, the song I that we... Andy, I walked in late... And everyone's like, Andy! I, I played the song that was on on the video. Was this a Cooley? Yeah, Cooley Hotel. I think I was there for that, eh? I feel like I, I watched him come on stage. He came on, so he was like... Belted, and then there was a bit of a commotion, and I couldn't <laughs> see what was going on. I'm like, did he just fall off the stage? So someone no, caught him. So, so, you know, security guards are, like, known for being a little Fuck rambunctious. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I play this song that's on his video, and then he just gets excited, like, that's my song. Gets on stage, I don't see any of this. Then the next thing I, I see, I just, they're, they're beating the shit out of him. I'm like, that's the champ, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. And, then, uh, and then, and I guess they had like killed a dude that year. Not those guys, yeah. but like some security guards, uh, you know, just like yeah. from the back head every, into Every them. year, yeah, it's so, pretty common. What so was then, that, Kulangata Hotel? Kulangata Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then he goes, uh, then he, they, he had to go to the hospital, no and way. then it, like Lindy went. It was just like a whole crazy. Yeah, I turned up that. But yeah, those shows were nuts. Those. I turned up later that night. Me and Bruce, I think it was, and we had a mad night. But we're like, fuck, what, where's Andy? Because Andy was supposed to meet him there. But then we throughout our years, we were all hanging out in the same circles too, like that. So we all kind of got to know each other. And how does it how does it feel now? Like, you know. Andy haven't passed, like, and, and, and now you guys have the tools. Like, you're, you're you know, you, you just as easily could have ended up in his situation. Yeah. But through... All of us, yeah. Yeah, through pure, I guess, luck on some levels or divine powers or whatever. But you guys got the tools now to survive it. Like, you know, it's... it's, it's how does that make you feel? Like, it was, it was so easy yet so difficult to, to kind of explain to someone how to save your own life. How That's exactly... I was going to say the same. It's like... You can't tell it, and you can't. T- you just have to know. It kind of has to be how you do. It. It's like the hardest thing ever. So you know, like, this thing is so hard. So even if you really wanted to do this, you're probably gonna fail. So, but if you don't fail, you're gonna be stuck. And if someone, that's if someone really does want it. And I don't even know what it is. But like, so, so when people to think you're gonna force someone into something, like it's it's just something I don't know. It's hard to get people to make. You just have to take them to do things they like to, you know, take them to do things they like to do. Just give just, them that time. But you can't give someone more time than they'd give themselves. And I, I think you need to get to your deepest, darkest depths yeah. of sorry mm. for yourself, mm. yep. and then something else to happen, and not die, and then yeah, then move on. And yep. the problem then, then you're just like, yeah, I realize I've just and lost having my children girl. also. Lost my girl, lost your kid, fucking, you got no air. Like, people get to that stage on those things every day. Mm. Yeah. Every, every day, I feel like, I've heard um, Teddy Atlas say this. You know Teddy Atlas? Yeah. He's a fucking boxing trainer. Boxing yeah. trainer. He's got a mental podcast. I yeah. love his podcast, man. He's, He's fucking rants, rants he goes on. are amazing. But he, he says shit like, you know, fucking, you know, every day we got to choose life. Every yeah. day... We got it. There's a, a little part of that day where you're in the fight, and and, yeah. and, and it's hard. And, and, and every person on this planet goes through that every day. Yeah. And it's fucking true, man. You know, life's not all fucking rainbows and skittles. But it might be prison where you learn. Like it might be the work. You might be put in the worst place, and then that's it. You know. And you you don't hope that for anyone. You don't hope that for your worst enemy. 
but that might be the thing. You might have to go to prison. You might have to For get, sure. you might have to go to, like, you might, who knows? I'm glad that I didn't have to spend any real time to figure it out, but it could be a monastery. It could be a, pr- a prison could also be a monastery. It is. It's it is almost two sides of the same coin, you isn't know? it? Like, it depending, I, I think the, the, the difference is between a prison and a monastery. Once by monast- choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and in the monastery, there's no access to drugs, right? And yeah. I, I think when that hard time comes up in that day, the, the, where you fuck up, is reaching for the bottle or the pill. Yeah. You gotta sit with that pain. And if you never learn to sit with the pain, you never hit rock bottom and you yeah. never bounce off rock bottom and come up. If yeah. you're constantly medicating. Yeah. It, it, but, it, and, but, and also on the flip side of that, you choose your life. Like you definitely choose. Yeah. Like it's not, uh, it's not ironic that I've got a hot chick and an awesome kid that surfs at six. Mm. This is but my only dream I ever wanted. Mm. You know what I mean? This was the thing I, I chased after, a yeah. nice house over the ocean. It's everything you want. Yeah. And you get to a stage in any day of any week that you make choices. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you, do, if you do decide to take pills or any sort of drugs, now this meth thing, not only does it, it doesn't, not only is this a choice, but now you should, by this stage, know that you're going to destroy, destroy your family's life. Yeah. You know like you didn't I mean? get the memo? Like so you didn't yeah, that memo did didn't you, come what, to you? Like now, by this stage, you know. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it becomes... Yeah, you can't a, plead a, ignorance. A part of you. That's it, man. And yeah, but it becomes a part of you where you know the decision you're making. And I really believe that decision on that day that gets made to go here or there... Is really ends up to be the person you're supposed to be with whatever decision you make, you know what I mean? But you might not make it through to the other end to become the person, you know what I mean? With these drugs of yeah, today. You could die. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Mm. Like, like you get the choice. You really do get the choice. And, and if you're clear-headed, you make the right choices. If you're not, you're in for a big one. Fuck, man. If you got... And there is luck. Like, I agree with that 100%. No. But, you, like, as far as why we're... It's easy you could get that survivor guilt thing. Like, why, why did those people die? Not? I don't think we did anything better than any, any of our friends. That did. I just think part of it was luck and knowing that at that time, like, yeah. make a left, not a right. Yeah. Like, this isn't sustainable anymore. So, yeah, and but rock bottom, you have to hit rock bottom and then another rock bottom. And that's and another like, rock bottom. And that rock bottom comes every day. That's what Teddy Atlas says, you know. It comes every hour, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, man, I guess there's two ways of looking at it. There's, like, there's this idea of free will, and this idea of determinism, right? And I, I mean, got a good thing about this. There's like determinism is the idea that like your life is fairly predetermined by yeah. the circumstances of your birth, where you grew up, yeah. the conditioning, your family, whatever, like that shit. Like, and I, I believe that. I believe to a certain age, like there isn't a lot of free will. You're not making choices. Mm. You, you're fucking like. I look at my life when I was younger, and until about the age of. 28 i was on autopilot man i was just yeah. a product of the conditioning that i'd yeah. been raised in and i wasn't a happy chappy yeah and then at a certain point i started to you know meet people and information was coming in and then i was starting to get choices you know but i didn't i still didn't act on those choices until i hit rock bottom mm. and what you said the, the, the free will comes into it at a certain age and a certain level of awareness maybe it's just maturity too like yeah. maybe no that's a lot of it yeah. it is yeah. like, I don't want to go party now and that maturity can come at different ages too uh. 
but and and boys get mature later yeah. if we ever yeah. get it than girls but our culture as well you know it adds a whole nother layer of determinism on top of that yeah. because when you're on rock bottom our culture just sells you pills yeah. and fucking shit that makes you sicker yeah. and, and people make well, their I, I, people I, I, make their identity on like I'm depressed. Uh, like I'm uh, a I'm a victim. And there's different now there's the, the Kurt Cobain, the fucking like there's this whole like, like artistic that's cool. culture yeah. of being yeah. a like, like is that the guy you want taking you through the jungle? The guy who's depressed who doesn't know how to like yeah. which which plants are poisonous and like Well it's yeah. but when I grew up when I grew up, where I grew up, I was getting taken to the jails to meet friend like to meet with friends who are childhood heroes yeah my my heroes were in and out of jail yeah yeah no, that's like college an, for a lot of i was in, a, in an environment gladiator school where the people who were most spoke about were in jail mm, exactly and it was such a toxic environment that those were like the rock stars yeah you know what i mean they're like the cool guys yeah they're in jail for drugs or they're in jail for hurting someone like real violence and you know yeah. what i mean exactly and people get talk about how much they're legends for five years and they get out there just a fucking junkie yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean that, and that's that's the that's the man that's the term a junkie's a junkie. Yeah. Like it's not fun. It's not yeah. cool. You shit your pants. You like yourself. You know you're the most. It's it's. You also have to tell yourself it's cool because that's the only way you could do it every day. Yeah. Like you have to tell yourself you're cooler than everybody. Like those people are just saps, yeah. and I'm this like intellectual delphine. Yeah. But it's like you. It's bullshit. Like you're just uh, you're just a fiend. Once you get to the other side, like. There's nothing sexy about a sniveling like dopamine. You know, when I, when I that was a hard one with me. When I got addicted, it's like when I hurt my back, and they the doctors gave them to me. Yeah. Mm, exactly. And it was too early to understand that it was just a big setup back then. Yeah. That really gave me my mistrust on COVID mm-hmm. and why I just didn't believe it anymore. I'm like, if they can do that to me, because when I done that, I was a fully fledged professional surfer. Mm. On magazines all over the world. Yeah. The, your local doctor who knows you gives you Oxycontin. Wow. And the first for, thing. For he, what is essentially like a chronic back injury. But well, essentially. What was the nature of this? Well, that was the way, that was the time. Like you said, predetermined shit. Yeah. That like, was the time where, like, you just yeah. happened to be born at the time when all that was yeah. lined up for. And it was hitting the surf industry yeah. big. It was hitting Australia. Yeah. And I knew the. I heard the words. You and know, I heard the name of it. And know? now you're the poster child. For the way out of that misery, yeah. and yeah. you're the poster child for the way out of the fucking the poverty trauma misery, man. Yeah. And that's your hero's journey in life. That's yeah. the way I see it. And that's why people, you know, you mentioned before, like you're putting together this fucking utopian eco village, and that's yeah. why. In, and you said in the space of six emails, you yeah. had created this insane infrastructure. That's why all this shit's lining up for you because people see that in you, man. And you and couldn't I, help if you weren't in it. And I think addiction. Like it's in all of us, yeah. I think it's all an addiction, but it's just we're missing something. So what I worked it out was I grew up in a family of heroin and, and drugs and all these problems, and I was constantly helping people, and I was constantly constantly trying to save the day and trying to be there for my mom or, you know, my, bro- my brother or just, you know, trying to get through a day. And where you're constantly in this world of trying to help. So then... I went through, like, after that, I felt really sad for myself. And, you know, you, 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 I had a lot of, like, remorse and uh, guilt and regret. 
And then shortly after all that, what I realized would make me healthiest and happiest is go back to the child that I was, yeah. helping and caring for the people who, wow. what I just put myself through. So now in Bali, you know, I have long-term addicts come over who have just been out of rehab, you know, and it's genuinely uh, a sober house. And we set up a house and they come over and train and swim and surf and breathing and yoga. And Amazing. we're just going through, hanging out, and all they do is watch me, and I watch them, and, mm. and we become mates, because I'm a pretty friendly guy. I mm, can hang mm, out with anyone, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's worked out really well, but I think with addiction, there is some holes in life that you must fill with with other things like that, and I think helping people and, and generally sharing, help. Yeah. sharing and, and that's why I'm doing this podcast and speaking deeply, because I think that's the real part that fills the voids yeah that's my mom if you don't do something for somebody else like it's never gonna yeah nothing good's gonna happen and the best thing i ever heard of the free will and the predetermined thing because i always thought the same thing that's like this age-old question is that say you're predetermined to be a butcher like you're born on this planet and your fate is you're gonna or you're gonna not a butcher uh someone who let like a blood blood's gonna fall because of you like you can either become a murderer or you could become a butcher. So, so the mm. fate's there, but then which side of the coin is your free will? Mm, mm. Like you have a fate. You can't. You can't escape. Like you said, your family. Your mom told you that? No, I wouldn't. Oh, I was My mom said, "Help people. Uh, if you're ever going crazy, go do something for yeah. somebody." You know, if you're sitting at home feeling sorry, sorry for yourself, go mm. do something. Don't go give a bum a fucking sandwich he, that he doesn't want. He yeah. wants to smoke crack. Go yeah. take one of your friends for a walk or something. And, man, the gnarly thing is, if you get given the choice to be the murderer or the butcher, yeah. or like say, if the choice comes to you, right, and you choose darkness over yeah. light, man... You're going to have a dark life. God or the universe punishes you yeah. to all fuck until you're on your knees yeah. and you're going to take your like own you, life. Yeah. Like the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. If you have it, the choice. They're going to give you... Yeah, and if you, you chose, had, if you had you a chose darkness, choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get fucked. And yeah. I can see that in my own life. There was times when you know, I got let off the hook, probably for similar reasons to you, Kobe, where you know, I was raised in a, a compassionate, like kind home and, and we, I was raised to to take care of people like me. Yeah. And I think I got let off the but I look at times in my life where I chose darkness when I could have chosen light. And um, for that reason, yeah, yeah, I got punished pretty bad for that. Um, yeah. You know, like there was, I, I could have fucking, you know, quit playing football, quit playing a lot, like get, got out of this lifestyle of violence and, and, and masculinity and, and chosen a more peaceful path. I had the, the blueprint was there kind of from my mum, but I was fucking... Just like didn't do it, and uh, it just slowed me down by yeah. fucking a decade. You know, a decade of pain because yeah, of. But then it's led you to this point. It has. Yeah. That's right. You know, like, yeah, we're all here now. And, and the determinism aspect of it, it lets me off the hook. It, it, understanding determinism as a concept m- makes me feel a lot less guilty about the decisions I was making. Because yeah, I didn't choose those things at 21, 22 when I could have and should have, but. How old are the, you now? The conditioning was still strong. Yeah. You know, it was still fucking, you know. Because like, if I was no one goes through it, no one could help have other no people. prefrontal cord. Yeah. 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 How old are you now? 35. If it makes you feel any better, you got a couple more, we're going to have a couple more sessions in between. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's heavy just dips. A, yeah, it just goes, you know, it just goes. And 100%. You just, but I think the more, the older I get with maturity, I realise that there is choices and it's really important to understand. Like when they pop up and then like 
Well, plus you see it with it's your, no doubling. When you see it with no your doubling, own no, yeah. no doubling. There's bro. no There's doubling. No mate. doubling. I got a message from a guy actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. You cannot dabble. Yeah. You cannot. You got to keep it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If these people are no good for you, you cut them and you don't see them again. No, you don't. No. Just, and it's all, the only way to do it. That's this. the good thing about being like you take. You can be addicted to something good. I mean, they use addiction as a bad word, but yeah. like the reason yeah. you can accomplish certain things is because you know that if you're if you're a dopamine and you're gonna get sick if you don't get your yeah. your fix you're gonna do everything you're nothing's gonna be able to get in your way and i treat other things in my life like that now mm. like you're not gonna tell me if i want to do something you're not gonna tell me no so and i think that's probably i didn't know i had a good work ethic because i i had the shittiest jobs and i quit them all i got fired because who can be passionate about washing dishes and delivering pizzas and stuff so you don't realize you have a good work ethic until you're doing something you like to do and then like they might not want you anymore, and then the day's o- then it's over. But I'm not going to be the one who fucks up like a good thing, mm. you know. Man, tell us a bit about yourself, Yashi. Like you know, your journey up until this point. Like you know, tell us a bit about your folks, where you grew up. Uh, well, I was born in Los Angeles. My parents, my parents were hippies. Uh, that's why I have a. I got a Tibetan name because the Lama Yeshi is who uh, who named me before I was born. No he was shit. like the Dalai Lama's right hand man, one of his right hand men. And uh, my, I'll just stop you there. My full name's Jedim, like Jed Om. I kind of cop that same like tripped out Hessian name from my mom. But yeah. I just bring that up because of the kind of woo woo synchronicity of yeah, us sitting like, here right now, having just done some yeah. Tibetan breathing techniques, yeah. and we're both kind of named in honor of these techniques yeah it's a trip and these so people. they traveled uh to india and tibet like before i was born and then uh and then and my dad's parents were in the holocaust so that was uh you know eastern europe and then then after the war my they went to sweden my dad was born in sweden and then they came to america and I don't know. I was born in a time when I, I thought I missed all the cool. I thought all the cool shit happened in the fifties and sixties, but I didn't realize that we were actually living in like the last time of like real freedom and kids playing on the streets and not cell phones and and all this new stuff. So I th- I'm 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 happy. I'm I'm grateful that I, I got to live in that time, and then I just wanted to be uh, I wanted to be a painter. And I got into music and said I never want to be a musician, but that's what pays the bills. And now I can, uh, and I painted throughout the whole time. I never stopped, but it wasn't till COVID and not being able to perform. So not being able to do my job that pays my bills. So then I could put more time into painting again. Uh, Then I just started selling paintings, doing uh, commissions of people's uh, pets husbands, wives, whatever, uh, and then came to Bali during COVID, and uh, he said something about being an autopilot. It was, uh, it was not till I was here, and I'd been here twice before, but at that time, we were here for 10 months, so we really got into like the lifestyle of, you know, you're not a tourist at that point, you're mm. like living there. And uh, it was the first, my whole life, was fight or flight the whole everything 
even, not just in my youth, like even, uh, I already got off hard drugs and stuff, but like it still was fight or flight. Like everything was like, I, I never had gotten a full breath back to breathing. Uh, and it was in that time I finally was like, oh my God, this is, this is what it feels like. Maybe, maybe normal people feel this all the time, but I never really, I never felt that feeling. And then we made a, a band with the Indonesian dudes out here, my friend Mari J and uh, a guy named Adi Agung. And this so yeah, man. I know Mari J. Yeah. So yeah, so oh yeah, he, he grew up in Australia. So well, and just give me shelters, a, a, yep. a fucking sick joint. Everyone so we made a band there. together yeah. called Mickey Avalon the Fuck Boys. During that time, <laughs> it was all organic. We were like, we should do a song together. Next thing you know, we had twelve. We made, uh, they, but they were all they sounded great, but they were more like demos just on the computer. So we got this song, and uh, and it's like fight or flight, this whole thing. We made the record, but we're like, okay, we need a producer for this now. Like, it will come to us who, who it will be. Uh, not to change it, just to record this stuff, because we did it on the computer, and they're real instruments, but it needs to be done, like, properly. Yeah. You know? so, like, it will, so then I went back home, because finally things were opening, I'd go back to work. And then the, this guy, Jesse Hughes, the lead singer of Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah. He's producing the record. They all flew out to America a few weeks ago, right before I came back. Yeah. We recorded it, and now it's just being produced. So, uh, I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's great, yeah. man. So that's Fuck, a- how's Jesse holding up, dude? He went through, that guy, the Eagles of Death Metal, went through one of the heaviest things in the history of music. Yeah, super. Not, that's a lot of people just know him like, for that. He, 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 he likes talking about it. That's part of his uh, therapy, you know. Uh, He's got some other crazy stuff going on right now. And Which was, I mean, people might not get that illusion, but yeah, the Eagles of Death Metal were playing a gig in France when uh, some terrorists shot the place shot up, the place up yeah. killed like, uh, I don't know, maybe like over 100 people. Yeah, guns. like there's, I'm sure even if people don't know their music, they'd be like, oh, that's the band that got shot by terrorists in France. And they can see the pictures of people jumping out the windows and stuff like that. He has like up, bone matter from people in his body. Like, like just shrapnel flying out of people, yeah. bones flying yeah. out of people. Like you can see. So again, Fuck that's his story yeah, to tell, not Jesus mine. Christ. But uh, yeah, I can't think of anything. He's holding up right though. He's doing he okay? Just, like, how just, do you manage that fucking memories like that? Sh- of that, uh, he likes to talk about it. He, I mean, he's he's like one of the mo- most friendliest uh, people, like overly. Like, I'm not an asshole, but I can only give so much time to yeah. so many people. Like, when I'm with him, I have to be like, okay, we got. I have to put him in the car. He's just giving love. He's chosen yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. everyone to come and talk to him, and then he'll give every single person yeah. twenty minutes. That's like some Gandhi, like Dalai Lama he's, shit. He's you like, know? Yeah. He's just like we'll walk. We'll be like, okay, we got to be at the studio at three. It's two. Let's go. He's like, I just gotta go grab a joint at the at the weed store down the street. Okay, cool. Uh, it's a block away. We'll be back and go there. There's eight people, and he give, he'll give them all. He'll talk to everyone for 20 minutes. Man, that's that's so, a remarkable way which to is live. In, in, like, and it's and then and he does like six hour karaoke. Like on his his Instagram page is just him live doing karaoke. You just tell him what song. So and he does it. So he's and he's got a bunch of bands. It's really interesting. I'm glad you shared that coping mechanism because I look at that and I'm like, yeah, this guy's living as in the moment as yeah. you can live. There's no. They say rumination is a cancer. 
Yeah. And yeah. you can, I mean, it's hard not to ruminate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you can, I could be ruminating, you could be ruminating right now while we're chatting. Like, yeah. it's easy to end up fucking in your own shitty thoughts. But this guy's like connected so hard with other people. Yeah. And his passions. Yeah. And he's not deviating for a split yeah. second. Yeah. It sounds I think that's like. his, like, at another time, he'd probably be like, I don't know. Uh, t- some other kind of teacher or something you know what I mean like he just he has he definitely has a lot of a lot of love to give out man that's uh, wild and um man like I guess fuck like how did it feel dude it's so crazy you were running with like three of the most iconic lunatics in the history of professional surfing yeah. for a long, pretty significant amount of time them being Bruce and Andy Irons and Kobe Abbott like yeah. I mean Tell us about just what are you like memories, like your favorite memories, the the good times. I mean, you, you we actually never done so much gnarly stuff together. Like we just hung out as normal right. friends, you know. Uh, my like, I never like they call it partying, but the drugs I did weren't very party like, and they were usually partaking of by yourself, you know, and like. Uh, so we never did like those kind of stuff together, mm. but just traveling like. During when Andy came back, uh, to just just seeing them in contest, you mm. know, really that, and then what contest did did you get to see him performing? Uh, the one on Cooley. Yeah, I'm trying to think what year. And then that I was. think there was one twenty ten. And then I think in Hawaii there was one where he just came just just was back on the just tour. Just was back. I was covering tour. the tour that year. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, I remember seeing. I watched him win Tahiti actually that year. I just didn't even like. I became a much bigger fan of, of surfing. And then I just, a lot of that was just uh, luck of Logan, the guy who does the Snap movies, he was working for Ruka. So then I just kind of got access to like the coolest people. Uh, and they were, and we all had like, you know, you're all like similar, you have similar um, traits. So then like the owner of, of Ruka, Pat, he took me, he like paid for my trips and did stuff like that. So that's cool. Uh, so that's when I, I was, I was just like really lucky. Like I just, I couldn't just set it up like that. And, and now they're like, I have, I have a lot of good friends from that time. And I never, it could have just really just never happened because this one guy said, Oh, this, this guy, Pat, who started this clothing company wants to give you some, who started this surf clothing company wants to give you some clothes. I said, well, I don't really need any surfer. Clothes. And just to, for the listeners, Pat Tenore, yeah. Ruka, like, Really interesting guy himself. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, he's black belt martial yeah, artist. Yeah. No, he's, like, he's in. He's that dude's. The, he's a awesome. But it could have all not happened because I said no. I don't need. Uh, I don't need any surf clothes. And then he goes, no, you should meet this guy. He's very cool. Uh, and it's in Orange County. It's like only forty five minutes from my house, but it might as well be another planet. I go. I don't need any surf clothes, and I don't need to go to Orange County. Uh, no, thank you. And then he's like, you really should go. So then I went, and then. And then I've made tons of great friendships. Through, I want to know Kobe probably if it wasn't through that. And uh, so sometimes just don't listen to your first thought. He, everything he was doing is the, the stuff that everyone says, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it, and then no one follows through. He did it all with the follow-through, brought all the best artists, best athletes, best everything, took us on trips. And uh, he, I first went on, I was kicking dope, and he's, he paid for everything just for me to have something to do. And I was like their, their mascot. Wow. And we went to Virginia Beach. Uh, I don't know, like all over to all the little places. Like the CT, I think it was. 
What's the process like kicking dope? I mean, how, how, like, not very fun. Yeah, bro. But the main thing is knowing that there's an out, you know, that's what makes it the hardest. Like, like you don't really, you, you just don't, you don't, uh, if you just, you know that you can make a phone call and make it all go away. Yeah. Like if you had the flu or something, you just go, this is the flu and I'm going to bed in like a week and it is what it is. Or if you were somewhere, if, if that phone is taken out of the thing, that's why I think even though there is drugs in prison, obviously you got to be pretty connected to get, you know, you have to be in a, in a gang and kind of like man I wish that was the case it's uh, sadly like I mean my, now it's probably different my brother's with he's done a couple of stints it's like he's the only guy in his pod that hadn't smoked or shot up ice but uh, okay, yeah it. the fucking security yeah. anyway so, that's a whole nother story but but at one yeah, yeah like at one time you would have to go okay gigs up you know what I mean and that's why I think a lot of people have some of their best uh ending the shit just by going to prison yeah know? for sure I, I, the, our last guest one of our last guests uh, Ollie from Couch was an incredible band um, from Australia uh, it's 10 to 2 yeah yeah oh you got a bounce it's, no no I actually made it 2.30 but oh, I do okay, got a bounce soon so let's Mate, yeah. uh, he did three months in Broken Hill Prison uh, for 35 grams of mushrooms on his way to Cactus in South Wales just got unlucky got stitched yeah, up say, it sounds like a terrible yeah and up in jail changed his life introduced him to Wim Hof he found a book about Wim Hof in jail and just fucking breathed his way through it was doing yoga in the prison yard in front of like so he needed to go to that place (laughs) yeah bro and it's changed his life and his band now is like a Sabbath-esque fucking like he's got the grit man because he went through the fucking shit he's got the grit and you can't earn grit any other way and you know you get the grit by kicking dope and uh man yeah sorry but you were just explaining like (sighs) Getting off dope, like yeah, you fucking you can make it go away with a single. What do you think that's the hardest part is knowing that you can make a phone call to make it go away? Like it's a pain that you can make disappear, whereas most pain you just deal with it. But then Mm. when you know that all you gotta do is call Chewy or whoever. (laughs) I I, I was addicted to something that my own doctor of my whole life was given to me, and I understood for me to stop doing any of that stuff, I had to leave the country that provided it. Hmm. I had to go to a country that didn't provide it, yeah. and I had to stay well away from it until everyone said I needed rehab, and I said I don't want rehab. I want to stop. Yeah. And once I actually got the the break to where you don't need it anymore because mm. you need it, mm-hmm. you know these are filthy little pills. You need them, or you get vomit like crazily sick. Opioid receptors. Yeah. Or like, yeah. After after three days, but I'm just saying, if you can get the break. Because the first those three days will make you really sick, mm. and you, and it's and for some reason addicts turn into real like scared of any sort of pain on in their bodies, yeah. you know, like when you're going to hang out or whatever it is. So you just get the break, and I left. You know, I understood that I didn't have the problem. The problem was given to me uh, over the counter by the guys of a doctor. Unbelievable. And I wasn't the addict because I've seen it my whole life. So I don't want to take that, but here I was. Yeah. So I, what I did myself was I got the break, I stopped it, and then I moved. Then I moved to Bali, and I had my woman, and I had my kid at, at that stage, mm. and I just said, you know, I've left to be a better dad, and I've made myself some ground rules, and I stuck to them. Yeah, you and can't get your shit together here. Like, yeah. love that. like they say, this place speeds everything up. Yeah, so true. Like, you fucking die real quick here yeah, if you yeah. like uh, calmly like when out. Last, of, when I was here for ten months, three people died. Yeah, uh, in like wow. succession. Wow, 
like 50 meters from where wow. we are living. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've watched it just happen. Uh, you know, people who come here on a rampage, they go home every single time dead or in a, uh, like, air backed. So many times. So yeah. many times. So, yeah, just to come here and give you, or anywhere in the world that doesn't, you know, have the thing that you're addicted to is one of the easiest ways. And you might say, oh, fuck a year doing that, so much in life. But I'll tell you what's longer in life, being that knucklehead on the street for the next 10 years of your life. Or dying one day with your kids, you know what I mean? Go and uh, spend time on yourself, work on the, what I'm saying, the breathing, the yoga, the exercise, the surfing, mm. the ocean. Mm. Oh yeah, get into boxing. And, and yeah, Sick. get into some That's sort of what... training that takes away that energy. I try to generally, my, um, my days of that was beaten by going home tired every single night. Mm. So my whole aim was was to, you know, I'd have a surf and then I'd have a train and then I'd go for a run and then I'd do some yoga. I'd come home, my kid would be done from school. I'd be a really good dad. I'd maybe take him down to the beach and I'd go somewhere with my wife. And then I'd have a really big dinner sitting at the table. Mm. And you know what? It's a great fucking day. Wow. It's an awesome day. And you know what I'm doing? I'm bettering my life and I'm beating my own demons. And then you don't want to so do that, things that will yeah, mess that so up. Yeah, so then generally over time, you know, you look in the mirror enough and say you're good looking enough, you start to get pretty good looking. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it, even your body changes in your own head. Yeah. But like, generally over that time of goodness and treating yourself good, then that becomes your pattern. Mm. You know, and it's like, life's nearly all these tricky little intricate patterns, you know, and choices and if you can keep on that pattern and just understand what makes you feel better, that's the answer, bro. Yeah. 100%. Well, I want to take off our yeah, any more times, that. man. Fuck, thank you. I really awesome. appreciate your time. And uh, man, it was so good to, to sh- group breathwork sessions are this shit. Like, uh, you, when you're doing it, and you hear the person behind you doing it and the person next to you doing it, and you know that they're doing it for the same reasons you're doing it. Uh, There's something to that, man. Like, it's fucking next level, and I would encourage everyone listening to, uh, to mate, tap in. Like, it's so easy. Download the Wim Hof app, get two of your mates, fucking, uh, and, you know, if you want to charge it up a bit more, get, get a chest freezer and get in the ice. And, and like, and like with, with, with me, you know, you can hear the words I say. I ain't lying. You know, you hear my words. Not. You hear what we talk about. I ain't scared to talk about me, and I'm telling you the truth, it works. Mm. Fucking out the dust. Always. Thank you. Thank you. Always. All right. That was awesome.